Welcome. My name is Caleb, and you are listening to the Vitamin C Podcast. Hey guys, how's it going? So I just got done watching the Princess Switch, which was one that I promised on TikTok and Instagram that I would cover this month. And it actually wasn't even by request. I thought it would be funny and I lied and said it was by request to a few people. But yeah, no, it was just my idea. I thought it would be funny because it just seems like an unconventional movie for me to cover. And it was. But before I get deep into that, they just dropped the trailer for the new Into the Spider-Verse movie, which I believe is called Across the Spider-Verse. And it looks really, really good. So I liked the first movie. I didn't love it like everyone else did. I had a good time with it. I thought Miles was a cool character. I liked the visual style of it because it's a very unique style of animation. And I thought the soundtrack was pretty great. And I thought it was funny. There were just a lot of things to like about it. And overall, I really liked it. I just didn't love it. It's not my favorite Spider-Man movie like it is for most people. But it's still in my top five for sure which I guess there's only like 10 Spider-Man movies or something like that. So it's not the biggest compliment, but it might be top three. I don't know. I I haven't ranked them recently, so I needed to do a rewatch. But I do like the first one. I think it's a very good movie. And the trailer to this one looked really, really good because it's kind of going a little bit crazier and wackier. You can see the animation style is expanding, that they're doing stuff that I have never seen in a comic book movie or really just any movie, period. It almost looks like a comic panel brought to life in a lot of the shots I'm seeing, like a moving comic panel. And so it's just really cool. I'm really excited for this one. And there was also a few shots in the trailer that had me pretty excited. They have 2099 Spider-Man, which I believe is the one Oscar Isaac is voicing. They have Unlimited Spider-Man, which was a show that as a kid I watched and didn't really understand any of it. But I thought Unlimited Spider-Man had the coolest suit. And sure enough, you see a shot of Unlimited Spider-Man in the trailer to Across the Spider-Verse. So I'm really excited about that. Even if he's just in the movie for that one shot, I have no idea. It is very possible. But there's one part in the trailer where you see Miles swinging and he's being chased by like 10 different Spider-Mans. And there's someone that said, what did he do to make them so mad at him? And there were a few jokes in the replies that were pretty funny. One said that they're being led by Lotus Spider-Man, which you have to go way deep down the Twitter, comic book Twitter rabbit hole to understand that one. And so I'll just give you a brief summary of this. There was a guy on Twitter named Gavin. Nop, I think it was, Nop with a K. And Gavin was making a Spider-Man fan film. And he was just this diehard Spidey fan. And so a lot of people are kind of curious about the project. And they saw what they did with the Spidey suit and a few other behind the scenes things where it's like, wow, this actually looks like it'll be pretty high quality. And then he did a GoFundMe or a Kickstarter. And I think he exceeded the funds that he was looking for by a wide margin. But there ended up being controversy because he was still not paying certain people to work on the project. And he had basically said, well, look, if I can get people to do it for free, I'm going to get them to do it for free. You know, just giving them an opportunity to work on this movie is a big deal. And most people did not take too kindly to that. But anyway, down the road, it turned out there were a bunch of DMs and messages and old tweets or old Facebook posts. I don't even remember all of it. But it was of Gavin using pretty much every slur you can think of. 
And so people are like, oh, no, that's not good. That doesn't reflect the views of everyone who worked on this. And then the guy who played Spider-Man, they pulled up like a bunch of messages of him using slurs in like every single message and post. And it's like, oh, my gosh. And both of them were like, oh, these were jokes we made a long time ago, which in the case of Gavin, it was like maybe a year ago. The guy who was playing Spider-Man in fairness, it was like when he was in high school and he was like, look, I was trying to be edgy, funny and like okay so his was longer ago but with the gavin dude it was definitely within like the past year but it became this big funny thing and then everyone's like how did these messages get leaked and it turned out that there was this one kid who thought gavin was really cool who was way younger than gavin but they used to talk about spider-man then once gavin's platform got really big because he was working on spider-man lotus this kid got kind of jealous because gavin stopped talking to him so basically, he was still in all of these group chats and was slowly just gathering evidence against Gavin until Spider-Man Lotus was at its peak, just about to release. And then he was going to leak all those messages and all that incriminating evidence against Gavin to make him look bad. Basically, he was syndrome in Incredibles with how he was plotting against the guy. And he was plotting since he was like 12 years old. It was just a crazy story. But yeah, back to Across the Spider-Verse, the part where Miles is being chased by all the Spider-Men. Someone said that he's being chased by Lotus Spider-Man and his friends. And it's, of course, because the joke is Lotus Spider-Man is a racist Spider-Man. But all in all, I am very excited for the movie. I think it looks really good. And the fact that they've been able to do more interesting stuff with the multiverse than, like, say, the new Doctor Strange movie, which was the multiverse of madness, which you would expect it to be some bonkers movie. But instead, it's like, oh, what if there was a universe where green meant stop and red meant go? Like, oh, well, what if they ate their hot dogs upside down? It's like, dude, really? $250 million for these ideas? What if Doctor Strange had a third eye? My gosh dang, dude, you guys are creatively bankrupt over there. But over at Sony, I'm telling you, man, they're making cinema between Morbius and the Venom movies. And now you got the Spider-Verse. It is actually funny to see the wide range, I guess, of films range in quality because it's like here you have the Spider-Verse that's like made by filmmakers telling a really unique story with a unique animation style, a unique soundtrack and a really strong voice cast. And then you have the other movies that are just total studio hack jobs. Even if there's like a good movie in those somewhere between the Venom movies and Morbius, kind of ruined by the studio mandates and them trying to recut stuff to combine stuff and yeah whatever i'm not gonna get too into that but i do think that those movies have a lot more potential than what they ended up being and i don't even think they're that bad of movies but they're clearly not as cohesive and complete as into the spider-verse and this new one across the spider-verse which i believe it is part one so it's going to be a two-part movie it looks like it's going to be a really good film so i'm excited for that Anyway, here we go. I told you guys that I was going to talk about the Princess Switch trilogy starring Vanessa Hutchins and absolutely nobody else that I know. And so I was actually feeling very sick last night and it's carried over into today. I have been in bed basically all day. I just crawled out of bed to record this after watching the Princess Switch. And honestly, it's kind of good that I was sick because I probably would have never found the time to watch this otherwise, despite the fact I said I was going to watch it. So anyway, I opened up Netflix and I went to their Christmas section because I clicked on the search bar that had Christmas movies as one of the top search options. So I clicked on that and I saw all of their wide range of shitty Christmas movies. And so I needed to find the shitty one that I said I would watch. And sure enough, that was The Princess Switch. 
clicked on it. And the second I click on it, I see TVG flash on screen, implying that the MPAA, well, not MPAA, but the like TV rating for it is G rated, which I think is a step below Finding Nemo. And the second I saw that, I said, wow, this is going to be a tough watch for me. Not that there has to be like swearing and sex and violence in a movie to hold my attention, but for this type of movie, I'm watching it for Vanessa Hutchins. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. So anyway, opening scene. I started. I made notes throughout the entire movie, so I'm just going to go through those one bullet point at a time and talk about those and see where it takes us. First bullet point, Vanessa looks great. She does. She really does. Then the next one, I said, this is literally a Hallmark movie with the Netflix logo slapped on it. The scoring, the writing, the acting, outside of Vanessa, and even then, she's no Meryl Streep in this movie. But yes, it reeks of Hallmark movie. It is very, not to say cheap in quality, but it's certainly not the most high quality. If Vanessa Hutchins was not in this film, it would be playing on the Hallmark channel with one of their like three actresses in it. Then I said, getting strong MasterChef vibes from this. And that's because it establishes that they are going to this country to be in this baking competition. And you see them in a room with all the tables set up and all the mixers and bowls and stuff and people with their aprons on, and they're baking, and yes, getting strong MasterChef vibes, which was a show I used to watch because Gordon Ramsay was one of the judges, and I'm a big Gordon Ramsay fan. Anyway, while they're at this baking competition, Vanessa Hutchins runs into one of her rivals from America who was like, yeah, I beat you in this baking competition, and Vanessa's like, yeah, I don't care. I don't remember exactly what Vanessa says, but then the woman spills something on her apron, and so Vanessa's like, oh, crap, I got to go clean this up. So then she goes to the back to clean off her apron. And what do you know? She runs into Vanessa Hutchins. See, because this country that they went to, it's one that doesn't exist. I don't remember the title of it, but it doesn't exist. But they have a prince that is about to marry a princess from another country that also does not exist. And if they exist, then please don't come at me. I don't care. I guarantee they're super white countries that I don't care about, but I am... 99.99% sure these countries don't exist. But first off, when they were on the street before even going to this competition, someone had said that the princess was going to be there. And Vanessa Hutchins is like, oh, what does she look like? And the guy goes, well, no one really knows. No one's really seen her. She's very camera shy, keeps to herself and, you know, whatever. So then it turns out when Vanessa Hutchins runs into the other Vanessa Hutchins, this is the princess of the other country. And so I made note, I said, to Vanessa Hutchins, let's go. Because, of course, I came for Vanessa Hutchins. I should rephrase that. I watched this movie for Vanessa Hutchins. But anyway, the princess says to Vanessa Hutchins, hey, I got this baker who, for our wedding cake, it's not really quite to my liking. You're a baker. Do you think you could come to my place and inspect the cake, kind of give your opinion? Because I wanted to be special for my wedding. And Chicago Vanessa Hutchins is like, yeah, sure. So she quickly goes to let the guy know that she's with. It's her best friend since like high school, I guess. And he's there with his daughter. He's a single dad, as you often find in a Hallmark movie. And in this case, a Netflix movie that's really a Hallmark movie in sheep's clothing. But when she takes off, the daughter is saying to her dad, like, hey, why don't you make a move, dummy? 
And he's like, oh, come on, we're best friends. It's not like that. And she's like, it could be. And he's like, no, nah, she's just too wild, too extreme for me. You know, she's just too uptight, too commanding, whatever. I don't remember exactly what he says. And in my head, I'm like, oh, he's scared of the hose, which is not uncommon. I, I get that. But yeah, he's totally scared of the hose. Anyway, Chicago Vanessa Hutchins goes to meet with the Duchess Vanessa Hutchins. And it turns out she doesn't really care about discussing the cake and stuff, really she says, hey, I want to switch places with you because I want to know what it's like to live the life of a commoner. And so all you have to do is just take my place here, hang out here. You'll have breakfast with the king and queen tomorrow. And otherwise, the prince is going to be out of town for the next few days. So you can just hang out here and pretend to be the duchess. And I'm going to go and just hang out as a civilian and just blend in, which I thought was so funny because it's like, you could do that anyway. If your prince is going out of town, you could just go in town and pretend to be a regular person because nobody knows who you are. Like literally Chicago Vanessa Hutchins is walking all around this town and nobody is stopping to say, hey, you look like the Duchess. It's not happening. Nobody knows what she even looks like. But anyway, they do switch places very reluctantly on Chicago Vanessa Hudgens' end, which I perfectly understand. I think her name's Stacy, but I'm just calling her Chicago Vanessa Hutchins. That's the American one. Duchess Vanessa Hutchins is the royal one. I don't even know what the accent is. I guess it's supposed to be British, but eh, whatever. Anyway, Chicago Vanessa Hutchins is getting ready for bed, and she's got her own little assistant there who kind of just has her back, you know, helps her get dressed and whatnot, whatever those maid servants do for the royal family and all that. But she gets changed into this nightgown and then there's a knock at her door and she goes to answer the door and wow, sure enough, it is the prince because he's like, hey, I'm about to go on my trip tomorrow. So I wanted to say goodbye. But when Vanessa Hutchins answers the door in her nightgown, he gives a look at her like, oh my gosh. It's like the look that you would give if somebody answered the door naked, which sadly I've had happen to me very many times in my life because I have gone to a lot of people's doors in my lifetime. And yeah, sadly, that is something that happens that people just answer the door, dong out, whatever. And it's like, hey, buddy, I get it's your house, but come on. But anyway, he's like looking at her like she's naked. And this nightgown, I have never seen a more modest nightgown. I've never seen a nightgown that covered more. Because trust me, I'm watching this movie for Vanessa Hutchins. So if she was wearing something that was like questionable, I'd be like, okay, this scene's not so bad. This movie's not so bad. But no, it's a very nice nightgown. It's like silk or something, but clearly it was covering everything. So I don't know why he was tripping out over it. And then on the other hand, Duchess Vanessa Hutchins goes to be around this guy and his daughter, and she talks to them in an American accent that somehow she picked up immediately. And I said, wow, impressive, because the Chicago one was speaking in her royal British accent or whatever, and it didn't sound too great, but I guess everyone just rolled with it because I guess the royal Vanessa Hutchins accent wasn't that great in the first place anyway, because like I said, Vanessa Hutchins is no Meryl Streep in this movie. But yeah, I made note, I said, Duchess Vanessa Hutchins picked up the American accent way too quickly. She's a better actor than Harry Styles, which might have been an unnecessary dig, but I was just trying to make myself laugh while watching this movie. Then I made note, Chicago Vanessa Hutchins is a terrible bullshitter. But luckily, the prince she's lying to is an all-time doofus. 
because they're at breakfast the next day. She's at breakfast with the king and queen. And then lo and behold, the prince walks in because he said, I decided to cancel that meeting in another country because I want to spend more time with you before a wedding. And she keeps doing and saying stuff that is completely suspect, but nobody catches on except the king is kind of like, huh, something's off. So he says to his assistant guy, he's like, hey, keep a close eye on her, which he seemed very enthused about, which I kind of get. But at the same time, it was a little creepy. Then I made note that the little girl caught on that something was up before the prince did. And yeah, sure enough, this like 10 year old girl was very quickly able to notice that the Duchess Vanessa Hutchins, who was pretending to be Chicago Vanessa Hutchins, was really not the Chicago Vanessa Hutchins caught on like the first morning. So the princess of doofus, this girl caught on immediately and she just goes along with it throughout the movie. But I also said that Chicago Vanessa Hutchins is getting screwed by Duchess Vanessa because it turns out that there's this big royal ball that they're supposed to go to. It's some royal like charity ball that Duchess Vanessa Hutchins forgot to mention to Chicago Vanessa Hutchins and said, oh, I thought I did. But clearly she omitted that detail on purpose because probably she thought Chicago Vanessa Hutchins wouldn't say yes if she knew about this. But anyway, she has to go to that with the prince, which. That's a lot of pressure to fake it in front of that many people. I then made note that the prince is down horrendously for Chicago Vanessa, which again, I get it. I don't even remember what prompted me saying that, but I said it nonetheless. I followed up and said, so her friend wasn't into her because of her personality all this time, which is kind of funny to me because yeah, sure enough, the Duchess Vanessa, who's pretending to be regular Chicago Baker Vanessa, is spending time with this guy and his daughter. And sure enough, he's totally falling in love with her. And yeah, she's falling in love with him, which I'm sure was unexpected for anyone watching the movie. But I just made note that that was kind of funny. I was like, so really, her personality was the biggest turnoff all this time because he was totally attracted to her. And it was just the personality was what was holding him back. And the second she had a slightly different personality, he's like, huh, I think I like this girl. I said, man, that's crazy. Then I followed up because this is right when they showed up to the Royal Charity Ball or whatever it was. And I said, Chicago Vanessa Hutchins looks good as hell in that red dress. And it's kind of more on the scarlet side. But yeah, she looked really good in that dress. It was a great dress. But then while she's there, she gets roped into playing the piano because they're like, oh, yeah, you're really good at piano, right? Don't you want to play? And then the king says to like the whole room, who would like to hear the Duchess play? And everyone like cheers and stuff. So then she has to hop on the piano. And I was like, oh, dang, this is like the moment of truth. What's she going to do? And in my head, I'm thinking, does Baker Vanessa secretly know how to play piano? Is she going to play chopsticks? What's she going to do? But then the prince comes in clutch and says, I'll play with you if you're nervous. And he's like, we'll play Carol of the Bells. Which part do you want? She's like, I don't know, Carol of the Bells. And he's like, oh, well, you do this part. It's the harmony. All you have to do is hit these four notes. And so they do Carol of the Bells and somehow nobody notices really. No one thinks that anything is up that this supposed great piano player can only play those four notes on Carol of the Bells, but whatever. Even the prince doesn't really catch on. But that night the ball is when you can tell that Chicago Vanessa Hutchins is starting to really like this prince, which is an interesting thing. And there's this guy, by the way, that they're seeing throughout the movie. He's this old man who keeps saying this weird stuff where clearly he's like this angelic character in disguise as like an old man. 
but somehow he's the guy that's finessing all this to go down or at least knows what needs to happen and he's just popping up in every scene watching stuff as it unfolds very crusty looking man but i guess he served his part nonetheless so then i followed up because the princesses are talking on the phone to each other that night and while they're talking on the phone guess what the friend of Chicago Vanessa walks into her room shirtless. And I gotta admit, the dude was pretty cut. I was surprised by that. He actually looked good. So I don't know if that was his actual natural body or if they did some CGI enhancements. I don't know if they had the budget for that. It looked like the dude was pretty cut. And he just walks in asking for toothpaste. And I was like, dude, what a dog. He actually has that dog in him after all. And so Duchess Vanessa says to Chicago Vanessa on the phone, like, hey, have you ever seen him shirtless? And she was like, ew, no. And I was like, you know, you should have been there, Chicago Vanessa, because I don't think it was you. He was pretty cut. Like, it was a respectable sight to see, I would say. But yeah, I made that note that maybe he's got that dog in him after all. Anyway, back to Chicago Vanessa Hutchins, who goes to this orphanage with the prince because it's one that they had for their charity and she wanted to check it out because the king and queen were like, oh, well, there's people in charge of that. Don't worry about it. But she's like, no, we should visit. And so she goes, she reads a book to him and talks to the kids for a bit. And I got to say, seeing her interact with the kids that way definitely made me feel something. And I'll say I was not alone because the prince was feeling it too. But then at the end, the lady who runs the place is talking to them and is like, oh, this was so sweet. And then Vanessa looks at the Christmas tree and sees that it's empty and says, well, where's all the gifts? And she said, oh, well, we don't have it in our budget for the gifts. All the money that you guys fundraise just goes to the essentials. And then said, occasionally we'll be able to slip something in their stockings as a special gift. But that's about it. And so Vanessa Hutchins says to the prince, she's like, hey, we got to get these kids gifts. And so they go to this toy store and spend a fortune. But that was when I made note. I said one week with this man, not even one week. And she's already bleeding his wallet dry. And I did make note that the orphan kids didn't have any gifts and they never get any gifts. So technically it's a worthy cause. But I just thought it was funny. I said she hasn't even been with this man a week and he is dropping all these dollars on these kids just for her which again in his shoes i would do the same thing if she told me a jump i'd say how high but while they're at the toy store you then cut to the duchess vanessa hutchins with the guy and the girl and they're walking down the street towards this same toy store and i was like oh my gosh their pads are about to cross it's like in godzilla versus kong when they have kong on the aircraft carrier and then you see godzilla coming in on the little sonar radar that's on like every sub and boat or whatever you know it's like the map thing that shows when objects are moving in i don't even know if actual ships have that but they have them in all the movies or it's even like in batman v superman when you know batman and superman are about to face off because lex luther tells superman hey you gotta go kill batman and there's like the bat signal across the bay and gotham city and it's like, oh, dang, it's about to go down. So that's what it felt like, because I was like, these Vanessas are about to cross paths while they're with these dudes, which creates a whole interesting dilemma. But anyway, while they're scanning the toy store, the Chicago Vanessa and the prince, they're having a fun time. He's playing with some of the toys with her. And then he picks up this lightsaber. And I do not like the look that he gave it, but I will say no more on that. Anyway, seconds later, the Duchess Vanessa walks in with the guy and his daughter. 
and they immediately see each other across the room, and I'm telling you, everybody froze. They're all panicking, trying to do stuff to distract the people that they're with so nobody notices. And then finally, the old man angel dude comes in clutch and is like, hey, my car ran out of petrol, which is European for gas. But he's like, can you help me out? And so they're like, yeah, sure. So they leave the store to go help him. And then Chicago Vanessa and the prince are able to leave without the prince or the guy noticing what happened. I should probably have learned the names of these people. So it's not just prince and the guy. But honestly, I don't think their names are that important. I watched this for Vanessa Hutchins, okay? But, you know, they're buying the gifts and that assistant is like giving dirty looks and just doesn't really like the idea of it. And I just made note that he is such a hater, just a mad hater. So fast forward, it's the night before the baking competition. And that one lady that Chicago Vanessa had beef with at the beginning, who's like, oh, I beat you in this baking competition, you know? You see her sneaking into the place and she has like these little cutters and she snips the wire on their mixer and then leaves. And I was like, dang, dude, she stole that from the Phantom Menace. She is the Sebulba of this movie. I don't know the character's name because I didn't care to know any of the characters' names. But basically, she's Sebulba. That's why she had to have beaten Vanessa before in their previous competition because Sebulba always wins. Sebulba's a cheater. So yeah, she's a cheater. But anyway, this is like the night that they are switching back. So they meet back up, the Duchess and Chicago Vanessa. And as they're trading places and getting changed, you see the royal assistant who is like on this balcony next to a Christmas tree with a camera taking pictures and watching. And so I made note, I said, dog, that royal assistant is a freak. He's snapping pics of them changing. Sadly, we don't see anything because he falls off the balcony and freaking dies. <laughs> He doesn't actually die, but he does fall off the balcony. And I was like, oh, damn. But then he gets his pictures as evidence and goes to take them to the king because the king did tell him to keep tabs on Vanessa because he knew something was up. But the queen's like, anything you got to show to the king, you got to show to me. And he's like, oh, yeah, but this is kind of just for the king. And she's like, oh, it would be a shame to lose your job right before Christmas. And I tell you, she gagged him. He had nothing to say on that one. So she saw the photos and didn't really seem to care because she saw that her son was happy with Chicago Vanessa. So she kind of just through the alley-oop was like, hey, I'm supposed to be judging this baking competition or I'm supposed to be presenting the awards at the baking competition. But what if the prince and the duchess went in place of me? Which Duchess Vanessa is freaking out. She's like, oh, I don't know if that's a good idea, but they're kind of forced to do it. So then cut over to the baking competition and first off, the judge of the baking competition was kind of bad. Like I was there for Vanessa, but gotta say she was not too bad herself. But then once they get started with the baking competition, Vanessa goes to mix their stuff and then realizes that their mixer is not working because the cord was snapped. And sure enough, the hater Sebulba looks over and is like, you know, kind of grinning and pretends to not notice quickly, looks away once they realize she's looking over. But I think they know in the moment that she sabotaged them. So then her buddy's like, hey, you got to just mix it by hand. So she does. And I think they're just baking these fancy cakes. Like, again, I wasn't paying that close of attention. But they, at the end, are announcing the winners of the baking competition. And you would not believe it. I'm telling you, you wouldn't believe it. The winners of the baking competition were Vanessa Hutchins and her friend which Sebulba was furious about. She like slammed her baking table, said poodoo or something, and was just really upset. But then the 
judge of the baking competition says, all right, now to present the awards are the prince and the duchess. And Chicago Vanessa starts tripping out because she's like, oh, crap. This is like the moment of truth. Like these men that we've been spending the past week with are about to know. But thankfully, Duchess Vanessa had already prepped the prince beforehand, so he wasn't tripping out. Really, the only one that didn't know at this point was just her best friend who had fallen in love with the Duchess Vanessa, thinking that somehow it was the Chicago Vanessa who just changed her personality, I guess, in a week. But while they're all talking, they're trying to explain it to the guy, and they're like, yeah, we might be related, because that was a thing early in the movie where she's like, oh, yeah, I got this, like, great uncle or something who had, like, kids on this side and this side, so maybe we're just related and ended up growing up in different parts of the world. But it's like, dude, they're literally identical, okay? And that was when I wrote down, this movie had a chance to be high-concept sci-fi. Like, we're talking about a fictional country that has a woman that looks like Vanessa Hutchins. And it's like, dude, couldn't it be about this fictional country that decided that the people they had there weren't good enough for royalty? So they started to clone Americans so that they could have like an American pretending to be the face of their fictional country. Like what if the whole country was just a farce, you know? Or it's just some big science experiment by America. Like some American scientists created their own land and everyone there is clones and they don't even know it. And they're just using it to like observe the human mind or something. I don't know. I'm just saying it could have been high concept sci-fi. Instead, they just committed to it being a Christmas rom-com, which whatever, it's fine. They made note that they both end up falling in love with the match of the person that they switch with. So Chicago Vanessa ends up falling in love with the prince that the Duchess was supposed to marry. And the Duchess Vanessa falls in love with the best friend of Chicago Vanessa. And I just said, I'm glad Freaky Friday didn't end like this. And then I also made note that, wow, I could have never seen this ending coming, which of course I am being sarcastic, which is not something I do too often, but I'm not in the best mood. But Chicago Vanessa is freaking out because, yeah, she's in love with the prince, but she's like, yeah, it just can't happen because I'm just a baker from Chicago. He's like, you can bake here. And it's like, yeah, I mean, he's kind of just trying to make it work. And I get that. And then he's like, will you marry me a year from now? And I was like, dang, dude, a year from now? That is a long time. And I made note of that because I said, I can't commit to anything that far away. Like nothing. If I have a friend that tells me that they're getting married and they said, will you be my best man? Yeah, when is it? Yeah, it's next year. I'd be like, yeah, probably not. I can't commit to that. Are you serious? Like, I can barely commit to seeing Avatar this Friday in IMAX. I don't even know if I'll be able to. Like, that's the plan. I'm not feeling too well today. I have no idea how Friday is going to look. You want me to plan something a year from now? You know how much could go wrong before then? That's insane, dude. I get friends all the time. They're like, hey, do you want to go to this sporting event with me? You want to go to this concert with me, this movie with me? And anyway, or go on this trip with me. It'll be stuff that is so far out there. I'm like, guys, three months or less. Okay, three months or less. Anything beyond that, you are asking way too much of me. A year? No way. But anyway, he asked her to marry him a year from then, which I don't even know why they have to wait a year. I don't know why they can't just follow through with the original date, which I'm pretty sure was going to be that month, but whatever. So it cuts forward to a year later where they're getting married and the Duchess Vanessa is there with Chicago Vanessa's best friend because obviously they are an item, a thing, a couple at this point in time. And I made note of this and I said, sorry, but Chicago Vanessa is way sexier to me than Duchess Vanessa. I can't explain it, but she is. It's kind of like how the NBA has the Morris twins and the Lopez twins. 
And despite them being identical twins who probably grew up with the same coaches and the same trainers, the same basketball hoops in their backyard, playing with the same balls. Well, shouldn't say that, but I said somehow one is just a way better basketball player. And that's how I feel about the two Vanessas. I'm like, you know, it's the same girl, like they're identical, but somehow I just like the Chicago Vanessa way more. So I think the Prince got the much better deal in this one. But those were just my thoughts. So yeah, in the end, Chicago Vanessa ends up with the Prince, which good for her and good for him, quite frankly, especially good for him. And then her best friend who was in the friend zone all these years, and I guess was kind of okay with it, finally decided, hey, I actually like this Vanessa. And it turned out to not be the Vanessa that he was best friends with. So it's like, hey, you get to be with Vanessa Hutchins, but one that you can tolerate her personality. So good for you. Anyway, I said I was going to do this full trilogy. And so what I did after watching this, I looked ahead and I saw that there was no nudity in any of the upcoming films. I know that they add another Vanessa Hutchins. I think they add another Vanessa Hutchins in each movie. Like I think they just keep adding another identical twin or something, although they're not twins. They're just distantly related, but look identical. I had a friend that had joked about it that, you know, there's going to be the fourth one where it's like, oops, all Vanessa Hutchins or oops, all princesses, I think it was, which, yeah, they are progressively just going to add more and more Vanessa Hutchins until people say, okay, you got to stop. But at the same time, it still is not quite as like unbelievable as like the Fast and Furious franchise or even the Home Alone franchise where it's like, come on, how many times is this kid going to get left home alone? I guess Kevin McAllister only gets left home alone twice, but they've made what, five movies now? But anyway, I looked ahead and just said, I don't think I can watch any more of these. So I'm keeping up one third of the bargain that I made. I watched the Princess Switch one, and that is the only one I'm going to watch unless I am just sick for weeks and on bed rest and have no choice but to watch the other ones and record them. Or unless this becomes my most popular episode and everyone is like, you got to watch the other two. But I seriously doubt that that will be the case. Anyway, I appreciate you guys tuning in. I'm not going to say this is a bad movie. It's just 100% not my type of movie. I think if you're somebody that likes Hallmark movies and cheesy rom-coms and stuff, this is totally up your alley. I really just watched it for Vanessa Hutchins. I know a lot of girls can't stand Vanessa Hutchins because her voice is annoying. And probably every guy that they had a crush on in junior high was in love with Vanessa Hutchins at the time. So there's some built up resentment there as well. It's kind of how some guys my age feel about One Direction to this day. But I like Vanessa Hudgens, so that was why I watched it. I think it's okay if you're into that type of movie. It's just 100% not my type of movie, which maybe makes for entertaining content, me talking about it. I'm not sure. Well, that's all I got for today. I got some other things upcoming that I'll be talking about. But in the meantime, that's it. Hope you guys are doing well. You will hear from me later.